set the tone. Please record your podcast. When you are finished, let the fans download on Spotify and listen to the latest episode. Set the Tone, episode 26, coming at you. I am your host, Tony. Welcome to the program. You can follow along on Twitter at setthetone underscore pod. Again, that is at setthetone underscore pod. This program brought to you by Cleveland Fishing Co. Check them out online, clevelandfishingco.com. When you're not fishing the land, you can rep the land. Again, clevelandfishingco.com. Well, a beautiful day indeed in Northeast Ohio, and I don't mean that with the thunderstorms that are in the background. It might penetrate the microphone a little bit, but we officially have a date where the financial opinions of this show have nothing to do with the market, have nothing to do with the state of economics, but have a little bit something to do with the state of gambling as it pertains to the world of sports. Only a small, small piece here. The horse racing aspect of the show is quote-unquote legal. The rest of my BS opinions, well, from where I sit right now, they are illegal. But on January 1st, 2023, that all changes in the great state of Ohio, which has me miffed a little bit that the bill was passed months back in the state of Ohio to work on sports betting. And I guess this tells you that you will never be able to get politicians to agree on anything, but they're punting pun fully intended here the college and pro football season away which each passing week that you go from early September through the end of the calendar year I mean that's a few hundred million dollars close to a few hundred million dollars each month look at the handles that other states have taken in Ohio with Ohio State the Bengals the Browns a Big will be a big betting state, it's going to miss out on those opportunities. So you're still going to get some leakage that goes to Michigan. You'll still get some leakage to Pennsylvania, West Virginia. I do not know if it's legal in Kentucky, but Ohio loses a little bit. But, I mean, think of that. You pack in close to 100,000, what, six weekends in a college football season in Columbus, plus the amount of kids on campus you have eight to nine games for the Browns and Bengals at home. Missing out on opportunities. Which I guess leads me to the entire point of talking about sports betting is I was in Chicago this past weekend and another tall tale in the life that I live. Illinois, sports betting is legal. So of course we will partake. We'll jump into the FanDuel account. We will throw some bets on Harold Varner as he plays golf over the weekend. Well, that was fun until the Sunday when we're back in Ohio laying on the couch to get that aforementioned golf nap, which never came, and a four-putt triple bogey and followed by a double bogey for Harold Varner took him right not only out of contention, out of the damn lead to finish tied 27th. So from T1 to T27 in a matter of seven holes, 
Well, my entire Memorial Day weekend was a bust, but fun while it lasted. Now, that's not the point of this. The point is that what does it say about me, the person that walks into, I was in Chicago, west of Chicago in the suburbs for a wedding. Fun, right? Go out before the wedding begins, go grab lunch at a bar. Turns out it was the Euro Cup final between Liverpool and Real Madrid. I had no idea, but I walked into a Liverpool bar. Well, that seems fun. It's a sea of red, a bunch of chipper fellas who are singing songs that I have no idea what the words are to them, but it seems like a fun group, right? Everyone's rooting for Liverpool. People are going crazy, and they're still having pregame coverage on the TV. That's inaudible, right? They have music playing over the speaker, so I have no idea what's going on, but... As I wait on my food, as there's slower service, it happens. People aren't working. I get it. But I get the itch to bet Real Madrid. I just said there's no way in this bar that these people are all going to leave here happy. I just got that vibe. So, therefore, I bet Real Madrid for the next 90 minutes. Plus, because there's the extra time... I watched a soccer match, and I watched Real Madrid score late, and my bank account get a little bit bigger, or my FanDuel account get a little bit bigger, which we were able to, which we were able to parlay into the evening, giving me a little bit of success. But it was the spite. I bet out of spite, and you listen to people fade, uh, you know, certain markets. I think the spite bet might be something that'll catch on here and one that because sports betting right you understand you know you walk into a bar some people might have money on a game and this is because they have an illegal book right that they have a little online portal they can place their bets they might have a friend they run it through sure but it is pretty isolated now that sports betting is going to become legal in states here you could be an out-of-towner we'll take northeast ohio as an example walk into a bar now this spite bet's not that hard but it's a Browns bar. Oh, for that reason, I'm going to fade the Browns and bet whoever they're playing. Or you could walk into, said, you know what, here's a good example. A college bar. You're in New York City, and you know New York City has a ton of bars, whether it be Slattery's by MSG, that's a Dolphins bar, or whether you find your local Notre Dame bar, those type of things. So you bet against the other team and winning that bet just so you can stick it to the fans in that bar. One of the better feelings that you can have. And not only do you get a little bit richer, but the ability to gloat. And I do not know a damn about the intricacies of soccer on you know the Euro side. I know there's UEFA, there's certain Serie A champions. I, I get that, but as far as who the players are for the most part, and I understand the rules of the game, I watch the World Cup every four years, and I tune in you know casually. That's the extent of what you're going to get. But I will say the gambling aspect of it made it a little bit more palatable. It did seem... Like, that was a fun and exciting game. The Real Madrid goalie, hell of a performance. Made the spite bet, 
that much more worth it. So that was the Memorial Day weekend that was fun in and of itself. The spite bet won that can continue now in Ohio, January 1st, 2023, for all others out there. Well, you have your states to pick from, whether it be Massachusetts, New York, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, pretty much everything next to Ohio except Ohio at the present moment. Other item on hand to discuss, I guess we stay in the gambling realm, the story that has taken the MLB by storm. The Tommy Pham, Jock Peterson slapping incident over a fantasy football debate. Here's the question that I have with this whole thing. So to backtrack, and I'm sure you've all heard it by now, Tommy Pham slapped Jock Peterson in the outfield. Peterson gets an interview uh, post-game. And mentions that it's over a fantasy football debate. Turns out Mike Trout's the commissioner of this fantasy football league. The questions that I have with this here. And I'm a proud fantasy football commissioner hand up. Am I hated by all my peers? They're my friend, sure. But yes, I am. Now it takes a very special person who wants to be the bad guy. Who wants to take that burden. I like to say... You folks do not deserve the commissioner. The commissioner is too good to this league. They put in too much time. They put in too much effort. You know what? If it were up to me, I would, I should take a little bit off the top. But I'm a nice enough guy. I put it back into the pot. Sometimes there's only been one time we take it off the pot, and that's to put a trophy towards the league. But the commissioner of a fantasy league is a thankless job. Now, Uh, I don't mean to dumb this down, but these are all online leagues, whether it's set through ESPN, whether it's set through Yahoo, NFL.com, what have you. I mean, you set the rules in advance of the league, you have the draft. The league kicks off, the rules are locked in place. From that point forward, if you have the ability and you were not a commissioner, you were just a regular player of this league, if you have the ability to make any sort of roster move online, you have the green light. The only time when something should come into question here is if the commissioner uses the commissioner ability and power that they have to enact something once... A player is locked into whatever position. Now, I guess here's a question, and maybe we should ask a little bit more. I know from my point of view, we had put a certain COVID protocol in for the league that was universally known, and if there were some COVID issues, a player, whatever, did not play, the commissioner had the ability to backtrack here. But it doesn't seem like this was the case with Jeff Wilson. It was a straight-up injury where he was out for a game. 49ers running back was out for a game. And Peterson stashed him on the IR, but he needs to be actually out with an injury for a period of time. To Again, in the grand scheme, this is over fantasy football. It is quite dumb, but the fact that Mike Trout's now being thrown under the bus, Tommy Pham took exception to uh, gifts being sent in a group text about the San Diego Padres. Wham, bam, thank you, Tommy Fan. It sounds like you need to, I don't know, maybe have a little bit thicker skin. And 
nobody really well, what is funny about this is outside of the people in your fantasy league nobody really cares gives a damn about what goes on in your fantasy league so the 10 12 14 people you may have in there do not really care this is the one fantasy league that is now captivated a nation This is the most excitement that baseball has had all season as it comes in the view of the public audience. A hell of a line by Mike Trout today to say in a press conference he did not expect to have this come up. But for him to have to say, all commissioners get booed. So I am used to it. Now what he should have done to build himself up a little bit, turn full on the damn media on your damn league and be the bad guy pay homage to Scott Hall pay homage to Razor Ramon and be the bad guy Mike Trout missed an opportunity and I sound like an old man yelling at a cloud and as I will complain about MLB marketing their players here was a missed opportunity from Mike Trout so Michael Do me a favor. This Friday, turn on SmackDown. Maybe you have to wait until Monday. That might be an off day. Turn on Raw and learn how to cut a promo. Go to YouTube and you can watch some of the greatest of all time cut a promo. You'd be surprised how well this in fact sells for folks. Again, should the MLB do a better job in marketing? Yes. Do players need to hold up their end of the bargain a little bit when presented the opportunity? 1,000%. And this, this, my friends, was a missed opportunity. Again, I had mentioned if you want to get involved with this program, you can follow along and you can tweet questions. You can DM me questions at setthetone underscore pod. The other thing before we tidy up here and get you on your way, the first live golf tournament is about to take place. Dustin Johnson, the headliner of said event. And there are a lot of rumblings that the PGA is now in trouble because with this live golf event, it seems that money is no object to the backers. While that may be true, and this is a question that comes in from a loyal listener of this program, and this program is not just nationwide, folks. It is worldwide. We have listeners in Canada. We have listeners in India. We have listeners in Japan, Australia. You name it, I have the stats. We have the listeners. We have the numbers. We'll go toe-to-toe with anybody. Does the PGA, the question that we received, does the PGA now change their rules because of the Live Golf event? I would think that they have to. And what we see here is... The Live Golf event, the reason that it has any sort of traction right now, and there's going to be an initial shock value to this as there's lightning that strolls through the background here as I look out the window. The shock value is, yeah, there's a couple big names. Take Taylor Gooch, take Sergio Garcia, Lee Westwood, Dustin Johnson, to name a few. They all have a name that is built off of the PGA. 
So for any sustainability that this live golf tournament is going to have, right? Its goal here is to poach PGA stars. A really good example, I think, to look at. And tongue-in-cheek, I had mentioned professional wrestling and cutting a promo in this here. And there might be two examples to look at. But the first, we take it back to the 90s and look at World Championship Wrestling and the WCW. They had the backing of Ted Turner and pretty much unlimited money. So what did they do? They were able to poach, at the time, WWF superstars and bring them into the fold. Kevin Nash, right? Diesel. They did the same thing with Razor Ramon, who's known as Scott Hall. Hulk Hogan, Hollywood Hogan, Macho Man followed suit, right? You bring in. Now the question was, the WCW did not have a sustainable model over time, although they were able to throw a lot of money at these superstars, they really couldn't sustain an organic growth. And now it's time for the PGA to pivot, right? And what's the pivot that the PGA is going to do? Because what we know is there is historical value in certain PGA events, right? Registering some sort of notoriety. The major tournaments stand on their own, but it's about building organic stars. And that's one thing. Now, while the PGA not might, might not be to the level that the NFL is, it does a pretty decent job in building some household names and continuing to do that. So what I would imagine happens, right? Players need to get their PGA Tour card to be known to be anything, right? The first recognition, okay, that's a PGA player. And that is your first gold star that you get. Winning tournaments helps you build your star. But what, is this live golf event going to pick guys from the Corn Ferry Tour? There's a chance. But can they build them into a superstar? Can they have a tournament that is even worth a damn, that people care about? And the other thing to factor here is your market. Your market in golf is an older demographic, we'll say, What's the accessibility to that fan going to be? Or is Liv going to try and pivot and capture an entirely younger audience? And the other thing to factor here is the players make a good bit of money, a good bit of sustainable money from their sponsors. What's the sponsor's willingness to allow a player and sponsor a player that goes and plays and live. And this is without getting into any business politics that there may be, but it is a realistic issue. It is something to factor. Will these sponsors, right? Money talks and bullshit walks. We know the saying. Money's going to talk in the live end for playing, right? They're going to have deep pockets to, you know, push their weight around. I'd say for at least a few years. But again, we talk about the sustainability. Is it something that's realistic whatsoever? I don't know that it is. I outside of money, what is the what is the draw? What is the initial appeal to live? It does not seem that there's any sort of plan, any sort of roadmap, any sort of differentiation from what the PGA will do. They're just trying to set up their own event. If you have some different scoring systems. Maybe 
this is a good opportunity, as I had mentioned before, right? I'd like the involvement of match play a little bit more with these guys. Maybe that's a model that Liv goes to, but there needs to be something that's going to draw and hold a fan, right? Rather than, we've seen this with the USFL, as an example, back in the 80s, they threw money at guys. They threw money at the Herschel Walker. They threw money at the Larry Zonkas. It didn't sustain. Heck, we even saw Donald Trump go this route. And he put up his own MMA brand of affliction. We all remember the Fedor Emelianenko tim Sylvia fight. Fun, there was a little bit of a shock value to it. But just because you have unlimited resources in the way of green dollars does not mean that you have a sustainable product. Money is great. Money is good. It helps power you to a point. So the question becomes, what is that point? I think the first live event will draw some pretty good ratings. Their goal is to come to big American cities too. So what's the appeal going to be to that crowd? But again, what's the sponsorship going to be? And that's really what I think will dictate a lot of this. right? Because there's unlimited money being put into this, you can get away with TV dollars not needing to be as much. You can get away with sponsorship dollars not needing to be as much. But also, those larger corporations that might not spend certain dollars, they can dictate and they can influence the outside viewer, the outside player potentially, in how they consume live. They can help push a narrative should they need. And, again, right, the PGA not wanting any live player to, or, or, or live the live golf to profit off of them, to profit off of the superstar that they build. Is there some sort of clause? And this is something, I don't know. When you gain a PGA Tour card, to keep your PGA card, you must play in X events, and you are excluded, or to play in a certain event, you would lose your PGA Tour card. And you have to go through all the necessary steps to, once again, regain your Tour card. The PGA is not going anywhere. Right, there's too much there's too much of a foundation and there's too there's a lot that is good with the PGA. Right? I get some sort of complaints, and maybe this helps this live golf helps push to change the PGA a little bit for the golfer who struggles to make the cut and they are on the lower end of that average one point five billion dollars earnings per year. So maybe the PGA gets a little bit better. In that sense. But you also say, well, the PGA makes this much money. The players only get this much. Where is the other money going? Well, look how big the PGA is as a brand. Right? They're a full running business operation. Same can be said for the NFL. But again, there's teams and players involvements there. We understand how the money funnels, I think, a little bit better in the PGA. So let's take a step back with where Liv is at right now. Right, Dustin, sounds great. A couple guys sell out for some dollars off the bat. Sure, they can do that. 
But going forward, look at this five, ten years down the road, is live around. I'm willing to bet. I'll put the over under five and a half years. Mm, give me seven. Let's say seven and a half because I want to look at that five to ten year window. Seven and a half years is live still around. Give me the under. And if we are going with the over, I will take sorry, I'll take the under, but I'll put this little caveat on it. If it goes over that seven and a half year window, it's an absolute shell of what we are viewing it as today. Live golf will make a dent in what the PGA does. And again, look at this field for the opening tournament. Live Golf will cannibalize the European and Asian tour more than it will the PGA tour. We set the tone here in episode 26, the spite bet. The trials and tribulations of being a fantasy football commissioner and live golf into sustainability. Follow along on Twitter at setthetone underscore pod. Again, that is at setthetone underscore pod. We will see you all in a week or so.